0: now you'll even get a solar panel included free. go to slash tutor
1: If you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me Jay Harris that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty sports scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics.
0: Welcome to the Tudor Dixon podcast. Well, we are hearing that the economy and the border are top issues for voters in 2024. And honestly, I believe it's the genius of Governor Abbott sending illegal migrants from Texas into these supposed sanctuary cities that the reason is that we're hearing so much about the border security being top of mind. Listen, suddenly folks in New York are being flooded with illegals. Their schools are being used as shelters. Their hotels are full, local resources are being diverted to non-citizens, Chicagoans are experiencing the same thing, and suddenly being a sanctuary for illegals is not so appealing. And I'm talking about even to the lefties. But it's not just that. An open border is a nightmare for women and children, and we are blessed to have Senator Marsha Blackburn on to talk with us about how hard it is to stop the abuse of our children at the southern border. I'm excited to welcome her to the podcast. Senator Blackburn, thank you for being with us.
3: I am so happy to join you and Tudor, thank you so much for the attention that you are putting on this issue. We see that footage at the southern border and people say, how could this possibly be happening? And of course, we know about the drugs. We know about the human trafficking, the sex trafficking. But in all of this, the humanitarian crisis, Not only is it a national security crisis and a border security crisis and dealing with elevated crime levels in our country with gangs, but the humanitarian crisis and the impact on women and children that is happening through this process is something we have not seen in modern times. And it's why so many people look at this and say, this is modern day slavery because of what happens with these children. And the way this process with the cartels works, they go to people, they say, we will get you or we will get your child into the United States and here's our fee. And people will say, well, I don't have that much money. So then they say, well, you can work that fee out Mm. when you get to the United States. And those of us that have spent time on the border and with Border Patrol know that the cartels use different colored bracelets. And in the U.S., people know that there's home confinement for some criminals and they will be. Uh, they'll have a a bracelet that they cannot remove that is on them. Mm. That is what the cartels are doing to these individuals. Then many of these children are being put into labor gangs. Some of them are being used for drug trafficking. And you have many of the women and children that are put into sex trafficking rings. And Tudor, many of your viewers and listeners have probably heard some of the big city mayors saying that sex trafficking is out of control in their cities. So, Why is this? Much of it is tied to the cartels. And the thing is, local law enforcement will tell you this. We keep raising it with the federal government, but they choose to do nothing. Indeed, you will hear Secretary Mayorkas say, the border is closed. That is just crazy to me. You talk about big cities
0: having a sex trafficking problem. We're hearing about even Traverse City in the state of Michigan, which is like a tourist destination, having a trafficking problem that these kids that are coming up that with their parents, the migrants that are working the farms, the kids are being abused. I mean, this is a problem across the Mm -hmm. country. I think we're number two in the world for trafficking, human trafficking in the entire world.
3: Yes, what we have seen, according to the Department of Homeland Security, in 2019, they classified human trafficking as a $500 million a year business. Tudor today, they classify it as a 150. 150- billion-dollar-a-year oh business. Last year, we know that the cartels brought people from 100 to the southern border. Now, these people don't just show up in Mexico and say, let me Venmo you some money and you get me across the border and I'll raise my hands and say, asylum. What is happening is that these cartels are using social media and they're global organizations. They're very sophisticated Organizations and they have built global networks. They've put them in place for drug trafficking, for gangs, for human trafficking, for this sex slavery that you see taking place. And when the U.S. does not secure our border, When we do not deal with asylum, when we do not deal with parole, when we do not put a barrier on that border, when we do not put better technology there, all things that Border Patrol has asked for, then the cartels think, hey, as long as we get them to the border and they say the word asylum then they're going to be taken in, they're going to be waived in the country, they're going to be given food, clothing, shelter, health care, we'll give them an iPhone, we'll give them a date to appear in court years down the road, and they can go on their way. So the U.S. taxpayer actually is paying for the last leg of the journey for these cartels that are making billions and billions of dollars. Well,
0: that's something we've heard recently is, you know, the drugs are one thing, but the real market now is humans and trafficking of humans. And I think it's interesting that you compared this to slavery, because people aren't doing that but this is a trade of human beings so how is it any different than what we saw years ago when the trade was human beings and this is this is a sick and twisted trade of human beings where they're coming in and these are children being used for sexual pleasure of adults i mean it is really the most vile thing you can think of and yet you have liberals defending this i mean we talked about this this week we had uh Congressman Comer here in Michigan, we're talking about the border and saying, well, why aren't the Democrats stepping up and saying, OK, wait a minute, this is too much? Because I think something else that you said is key here. The border is controlled by the cartels. Nobody comes in and out of the border without the
3: cartels knowing. That's exactly right.
0: It's not us. It's not our border patrol. It's the cartels
3: that are controlling them. And they owe them. They will always owe them. That's right. And that's why they put banded bracelets on them. And they're different colors for the different cartels and the type work that these individuals are going to do. And Secretary Mayorkas, in one of our Senate Judiciary Committee hearings, Senator Cruz actually showed a a board that he had made that had the different bracelets on it, and asked Secretary Mayorkas if he knew what these were. And Secretary Mayorkas said that he did not. And Senator Cruz questioned him on that. He said, you know, these are the bans that the cartels are putting on people to work out their fees, and you don't know what these are. So there is a lack of attention given to the manner in which the cartels are working and how they are entrapping these individuals and then pulling them into their network. There are, I have to tell you, every town's a border town. Every state is a border state right now. And when you talk to local law enforcement, you see that. The way fentanyl is pushing its way into our communities, the way fentanyl Hmm. is uh, ruining lives and poisoning young people. And indeed, one pill that is fentanyl-laced can kill you. It can kill you. And getting that message out to children is so vitally important. And then you know, we all know, that HHS and the Office of Refugee Resettlement has taken in many of these unaccompanied alien children. These are children that have been turned over to the cartels to make this journey to the U.S. Well, they come to the U.S. and then they... Office of Refugee Resettlement puts them with a foster parent or a sponsor. And these individuals are not properly vetted. We know that HHS has 85,000 children that they, at this point, cannot find. 85,000. Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast.
4: LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com/news. That's lifelock.com/news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here.
1: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick
0: All we heard about was missing kids. They've lost kids. They've lost these family members, kids without parents. I mean, Time Magazine has Donald Trump on the front of the the magazine Mm -hmm. with a kid there. Oh, this kid was robbed
3: of of its parents. Where is the news media on this? And it's been so interesting to me that the news media has not covered this. Now, we did find out about... Um, Some of these kids being placed with people that are using them for labor and uh, a reporter was covering a meat processing plant and found that there were children working that overnight shift in this plant. Now, Tudor, these children did not think and these parents that sent them on this journey did not think they were going to wind up being in these labor gangs and used in this way. But the improper and incomplete vetting process of these individuals who take these children, and then a month later, you have the caseworker that calls to check on the welfare of the child, and they never get an answer. They never get an answer. So they don't know where these children are. And we continue to follow up with HHS to say, where are these children? You're responsible for them and for their welfare. And we don't know if these children are dead or alive or Mm. if they've been pushed into labor gangs or if they're in sex trafficking rings or they're being used to push drugs in community or if they've been put into an MS-13 gang and they're being used for smash and grabs or carjackings, we don't know. And HHS is not able to give us the information. And you have precious lives that are being impacted adversely every single day. Imagine the fear of a child that is there. And the other TBI, Tennessee Bureau of Investigation, had given us a stat that I think is just a heartbreaking stat. This human trafficking business has grown so in the last few years, and it has penetrated our country so deeply that at this point, every two minutes, a child is bought are sold for sex in this country. Oh,
0: gosh. Every disgusting. two minutes.
3: And, uh, you know, for people like me that are a mom and a grandmom, and you hold these children and you you just pray over them and you want the best for them and you want God's protection on them and that they be kept from evil. And then you hear stats like this, and it is absolutely heartbreaking. Absolutely. So you, I wanted you to talk
0: a little bit about your bill to combat child recycling. I don't think yes. people fully understand what child recycling is, what happens at the border. And I think it's interesting that you introduce this by saying we have a humanitarian crisis on the border and not not from the standpoint of, oh, gosh, we've got to let all these people in. From the standpoint of these people who are coming across, every one of them is abused.
3: Every one That's of right. them. They are all, from what we have learned, they are all physically, mentally, emotionally, mm-hmm. sexually, and drug abused. And that is something that is known. And this is why having this open border is This is not compassionate in the least. And I've actually stood on the floor of the Senate in my remarks and said to my Democratic colleagues, I will yield time to anyone who can give me an explanation of what you think is compassionate Hmm. about this open border process. I will yield time to anyone who can say why they think we should make illegal immigration. Legal. And to date, I've had no one to accept that challenge. And the issue of child recycling is something that is just, you hear it and you say, this is repulsive and this can't possibly be happening. But it is. And Border Patrol will tell you that they have seen some children come with adults seven, eight, nine, different times. And this is the process that the cartels follow. They get someone who allows their child to be taken from them and placed with an adult coming into the country. Now, the child's name and address is written on them, on their back or on their arm, in indelible ink. And once the Individual, the cartel has finished with the child. They've gotten the person in the country that they had put this child with so they could pose as a family unit. Then the cartel takes the child from that individual and the cartel sends the child back across Mm. the border. Then the parents put that child again with another man, woman, whomever, they're trying to get across and allows them to come back again. And as I said, some Border Patrol agents have seen the same child many, many times with different adults that are coming in. Now, when President Donald Trump was president, he put in place DNA testing for Children that were with an adult, but the adult did not have any kind of documentation that that was their child. And Tudor, what we learned from doing that DNA testing, that is that as many as a third of all the children that were being presented at the border with an adult, as many as a third were in no way related to that adult Good grief so those children would be separated from that adult so that they could find the parent and return that child to the parent now the biden administration came back in and said okay we're going to eliminate this dna testing because get this it takes too much time oh my goodness it is a yeah It's a 45-minute test. Now, if you can save a child's life by spending 45 minutes to do one simple DNA test, is that not worth the time and the money to do that, to separate that child, to make certain that they don't end up trafficked? It's pretty
0: consistent, though, from the left that saving a child's life is not their priority.
3: And it is so disappointing that they won't do that knowing the results that that yields. Mm -hmm. And you can cut in to this trafficking. And so the traffickers know that there is no DNA testing, that your word is taken as your word when you come to the southern border. So we've seen
0: a lot of talk about the border in the last few months with the presidential campaigns and all of this going on and there have been talk there's been talk from some folks saying we need to go in there and take out the leaders of these cartels just like you're talking about we need to take out the leaders of Hamas and and the Houthis and all of these people we need to do the same yeah. thing with the cartels because they're doing things that are just as damaging and just as is hurtful and, and the murders and the abuse all of it is just as bad now we see cartels using drones to overpower mm-hmm. our border agents. At what t- At what
3: point do we actually say, these are terrorists? And the important thing there is if we got rid of the magnet, which is an open border,
0: mm-hmm.
3: think of what that would do. Mm-hmm. Because the Border Patrol has told us for decades that they need a physical barrier, they need Better technology where they cannot have a barrier and they need more officers and agents. And this would shut that down. You know, if you look at just the issue of terrorists that are coming into our country, hundreds on Joe Biden's watch, 80 since the first of the fiscal year. And under Donald Trump's entire four years, what did we have, 11 terrorists? They didn't come because they knew the border was being enforced. They knew that they were not going to get waved into the country or paroled into the country because there was a fence that was being built, and they were not going to be able to scale that fence. And people say, well, where did the build the wall come from? This came from Border Patrol telling President Trump they needed a barrier. And he said, we'll do that. We'll build us a wall. And so that's where that came from. It wasn't a President Trump's making. It was President Trump listening Hmm. to Border Patrol listening to border town mayors and governors and saying, well, if that's what you need, let's do it. Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll
0: continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast.
1: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals,
0: That's something that I think people don't hear enough about President Trump. And we talked about this this week, too, when we were here with Bill Heisinger and um, James Comer about even even back in his administration when he had made decisions, because there was a time when he made a decision to cut funding for the Great Lakes Restoration Project and and Bill and a couple of our other congressmen, literally jumped into the caravan with him and said, Hey, Mr. President, we need you to hear us. And he said, you know what? I hear you. I I didn't realize that. I'm actually going to put more funding toward it. This is a man who listens for all the media who says, oh, he's he's his, you know, he's a dictator. He won't do anything. No. He doesn't get these ideas on his own. He is a great
3: leader who sits down with people who advise him and he takes that advice. That's right. And then he takes an action. And when he says he's going to do something, he does it. And you look at the border wall. You look at the Great Lakes issue. You look at the issue of moving our embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, Mm. which is legislation I had had. It was bipartisan and had had that legislation for five years. And how exciting it was that we finally, recognize Jerusalem and put that embassy where it was supposed to be. And you're right. President Trump listens and then he says, well, let's get us a plan and let's get in behind it and get the job done. And once that is decided, there's a
0: certainty to it. I mean, when you see President Trump come out and talk about something, you know that there, like you said, there will be action behind it. We have a president right now in Joe Biden who can't make a decision on whether or not he stands with Israel, who can't make a decision on what how he feels about China. We are in severe danger right now. Our national security is in severe danger right now. And I think people who are on the fence about what to do come November of 2024, they need to understand that we need to stand strong because there is peace through strength.
3: Absolutely. And we know that our enemies sense weakness. And you look at the Mm -hmm. turmoil across the globe. You look at the failures of Afghanistan. You look at the aggressiveness of China, the bullying that they are doing to the South Pacific nations and to Taiwan. You look at their Their aggressiveness with what I call the axis of evil with Russia, China, Iran, Mm -hmm. North Korea, North Korea testing rockets, North Korea providing rockets to Russia, North Korea, uh, saying they're providing rockets to Iran for the Iranian proxies to use. Putin going in to Crimea, going in And pushing into Ukraine and the aggressiveness that is there. All of this is happening on Joe Biden's watch because Joe Biden is not able to make a decision and then chart a course of action. And he is more about appeasement than he is about protection Mm -hmm. for the American people. Now, Tudor, I, I... I think that there is a group of people this year that are going to show up like they have never shown up. I call them security moms. They are interested in economic security, job security, border security, national security. And this is their thing. Mm. And they are looking at what is happening globally in a different view than they ever have before, because they know that an unsafe world is going to make it unsafe for their children. I had a mom this past week whose daughter was on a trip, a college trip, and the mom was sending me pictures of this Beautiful, talented young girl. And she said, You know, I worry about her every day on this because you've got Iran with the Houthis and Hezbollah and Hamas and all of these groups. And this young girl was over in this region of the world on this college trip. And I told the mom, I said, You know, we just have to pray that hedge of protection Mm. around these children. But we also have to realize that these terrorist groups, these proxies of Iran would not have this money, except for the fact that Joe Biden lifted the sanctions on Iran and allowed them to sell their oil. And instead of it only making about $12 billion a year selling oil. They're making a billion dollars a week, and they're funding these proxies, all these groups, Hezbollah, Hamas, the uh, Houthis, ISIS in Syria, ISIS Iraq, Islamic Revolutionary Guard. They're funding all of these people to the tune of about $100 million a year plus. They are training them plus They are equipping them. And you've got that axis of evil with Russia, China, Iran, and North Korea trying to do what? Trying to broaden their sphere of influence. And as they do that, it makes the world less safe. And I am so grateful that women are paying attention to this. Women are paying attention to what is happening with crime in mm. their communities. They're paying attention to the fact that gangs are coming into these communities that have never seen a gang before. Right. They've never had a gang or a violence problem in these communities They're paying attention to the fact that fentanyl is rampant and that good kids are being poisoned and are losing their lives. And they're paying attention to the fact that on social media, that's where a lot of these kids meet a drug dealer or meet a pedophile and get groomed and pulled into the sex trafficking rings.
0: Right. Absolutely. I love security moms and I'm one of them. So I'll be there right alongside right. them. And we all know the answer. The answer is go out and vote in November. Definitely. you're Right. And we are blessed to have you, Senator Marsha Blackburn. Thank you so much for being on the I'm podcast delighted today. Delighted to join you, Tudor. Thank you. And thank you all for joining us on the Tudor Dixon podcast for this episode and others. Go to com. You can subscribe right there or head over to the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and join us next time on the Tutor Dixon podcast. Have a blessed day. Now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4 patriotscom tutor.
1: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics.